0: Passion for God and compassion for our neighbor. Reaching our region and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. This is Crosswinds Church and now here's Pastor Jordan Gowing. Well good morning again. Uh, Welcome to Crosswinds Church. We are thrilled that you are joining us this morning as we continue uh, our study on work. Uh, Last week, if you weren't here with us, we began looking at work and this concept of work and, and what God has for us and what his purposes were and are for work. And over the next several weeks, we'll actually be covering this topic as we wrestle through how does our faith influence our work as well as how does our work really influence our faith as Christians. Last week we began looking at God's original purpose for work and we started at the very beginning. We started in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 and we saw that God created work good. It was a part of God's original good creation and just like everything else before sin entered the world, it was good. See, God created us to work. When he created Adam and he created Eve, he placed them in the garden to work the garden and to keep the garden. He gave them commands to cultivate, to fill the earth with human society. God created us to work and God created work to be good. Last week, we also saw that God is a God who works. Creation itself is a very example of this, that God because of his desire to work, created everything that we see. God didn't need to create the heavens and the earth. God simply wanted to. God is a God who works, and us as his image bearers follow suit and work. One of the other things, and probably the most important thing that we saw about God's original purpose and plan for work last week, is that God intended work for us to be a way to worship him. God created us to worship him through our work. And you might be wrestling with or wondering how that is. We worship God through our work when we simply do our best. And we know and we recognize that God has a purpose for us. And God has a purpose for the work that we are doing. That's what we looked at last week. We saw that that was God's original purpose for work, his original plan. But the reality is, as we approach our daily jobs, as we see that that is not often the case. Many of us probably left here last Sunday with a desire to go and to worship God on Monday through Friday in our jobs. But then Monday morning happened. We begin to wrestle with, well, what is what exactly does this look like today? How has work been changed? This negative view of work, which some of us would probably say is a realistic view of work, actually permeates our culture. It's found in sitcoms. It's found in television and movies. It's the butt of countless jokes and actually plays a large part in many different plots uh, for movies and television and and even plays for music. What went wrong with work? That's what we're going to be wrestling with this morning. After all, all these sitcoms have to be on to something. You look at I Love Lucy in the classic conveyor belt scene where Lucy is working at the factory and pretty quickly she becomes overwhelmed by all the work she has to do. What went wrong with work? Or maybe you're more familiar with Everybody Loves Raymond and the constant bickering between Ray and Deborah or Deborah is staying at home working for their family and Ray is out, doesn't think he has to do anything at home because, well, he has a job. The same concept is wrestled through in shows like The Cosby Show, and shows like Growing Pains. Modern day examples would be things like Thirty Rock, which wrestle through how do we deal with difficult employees? How do we deal with the governmental restrictions that are placed on us? And then, of course, there's The Office. The Office talks about, and not necessarily in a good way, talks about the apathy that's seen in many of uh, employees today. How to deal with difficult bosses. The meaninglessness of some of our work. And then there's Seinfeld. I mean, Kramer, I think he works for half of an episode in the entire nine seasons. Maybe it's ten seasons of that show. George has a job throughout, and yet he never seems to actually work. These sitcoms seem to be on to something. Something has gone wrong with our work. So what is it? When we're faced with difficult coworkers, or maybe we're faced with job loss or re- unrealistic expectations. We're faced with not finding any satisfaction in our work. We really have two options. First, we can say that God is wrong. God doesn't know what he's talking about, that there was no real good purpose for work in the beginning. Work is worthless. It's meaningless. It's a part of the fall. That's one of our options this morning. course that's not a very good option to have here at crosswinds and so let's go to the second option and that is that something went wrong with work something happened to god's original plan for work it's been tainted it's been damaged it's been distorted it's been skewed something went wrong with work and that's what the bible tells us and this morning we're going to look at Genesis chapter 3 which the worship team shared with us earlier. We're going to look at God's uh, what went wrong with work. God created work to be good, but something did indeed go wrong. And what we're going to see is that work has been cursed. But it is not the curse. Work, just like all of creation has been cursed. But it is not itself the curse. Let's open up, if you have a Bible, to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to be in verses 17 through 19. If you don't have a Bible, uh, the passage should be printed on the screen behind me as well as in your sermon notes. This is Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. It says this, And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life, thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. So you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. What does this passage tell us about what went wrong with work? Well, first it tells us that work suffers from the curse. Work suffers from the curse, just like the rest of creation. This is what it's described to us at the beginning of verse 17, where it says this, And to Adam he said, and he being God, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. The team did a wonderful job with that drama, explaining what creation was like and then the fall of Adam and Eve before Adam and Eve fell. They lived in perfect union with God. They dwelt with God. God lived in the garden with them. They had everything they would ever want. The only stipulation was to not eat of the tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's all they had to do to remain in fellowship with God. You might say, well, that sounds like it's a work. They had to work in order to remain in fellowship with God. But really... By abstaining from that tree, they were showing in a tangible way the great love that they had for God. They were showing that they trusted God. They were committed to him rather than to their own way of doing things. And then Genesis chapter 3 happens. In Genesis chapter 3, we have a new figure enter the scene, the serpent. A serpent causes Eve to doubt the word of God. And just to pause for a moment. Look at what the serpent, or Satan, does here. He causes Eve to doubt the word of God. That was his original plan. That's the way he works today, too. It's really the only trick he has, to get us to doubt the very word of God. And so she eats of the tree, and then Adam does, too. And, of course, creation has never been the same since. You might think that that's small and insignificant, that it was just a piece of fruit. How could God curse all of creation because of that, but it's, it's actually a big deal. They chose to listen to the serpent rather than to God. They chose to listen to creation rather than to creator. In short, they chose their own way of doing things instead of rather God's way of doing things. They rebelled against God. They rebelled against their creator. And because of that, all of creation was affected. It wasn't just Adam. It wasn't just Eve. They were stewards of creation, and they led it in rebellion against God. And so all of humanity is born into this sickness, this sin. It's described in Psalm 53. It says this, God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if any who understand, who seek after God. They have all fallen away. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. All of humanity is rebelling against God, but it's not just us that is affected by this curse. All of creation is affected by this decision of Adam and Eve. It's described in Romans chapter 8. I just want you to listen to what creation is like now because of the sin. It says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. As we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Every sphere of creation is touched by this sin of Adam and of Eve. We call it the fall or we call it the curse. And I think as we talk specifically about our work, about our vocations, two primary ways that the curse affected our work. First, it affects our relationship with others. Our relationship with others is affected by the curse, by the fall. We have people that we don't get along with. We work with coworkers or bosses or employees or clients, or if we're in the service industry, then we have customers that we may not like. They're not all that nice to us. And with sin entering into the world, our relationships are affected. Newsflash you and I are sinful, selfish people. Your co-workers are sinful, selfish people. And some people would probably say amen to that. When you get sinful, selfish people together and tell them to work on something, what's going to happen? There's going to be tension, conflict, disagreements. In Chicago, I worked with a man who was just impossible to work with. He was not a pleasant man to be around. I worked for a church. I was a a cleaner, cleaner for this church. And I would rather clean toilets all day than have to work alongside of him. And there were several days that I dreaded going to work because of this man. And some of you may be feeling or may know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. Our relationships with others are affected by the curse. A second way that the curse affects work is our relationship with our environments. Our relationship with our environments. Notice I didn't say the environment but our environment. There are different spheres of work that are affected by the curse. Just think of farming. Droughts, flooding are caused by the fall, are caused by this curse. Do you think that farmers are affected by those things? Absolutely. Absolutely. Their environment, the sphere of their occupation is affected by the curse, and so they themselves suffer from that. Let's say you work for a company that gets its raw materials from another company, and that company, its employees go on strike. Well, you still have things that you have to do at your own place of work, but you're at, completely at the mercy of this other company. Your environment is fallen. It is affected by the fall, by the curse. On a smaller scale, your computer hard drive fries and you lose all of your information. It's an effect of the fall. It's also an effect of not backing up properly, but that's a completely different story. Our relationships with our environments are affected by the fall. Work suffers just like everything else in creation. Genesis chapter 3 gives us some specific ways that it suffers. First, because of the curse, work is now painful. Work is now painful. Not always, but a lot of the time, work hurts. Take a look at the rest of verse 17 here. It says, in pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. God tells Adam, and by extension us, he tells us that now we will make a living through pain. Before sin entered the world, work was not painful. Last week I asked the question, how many of you enjoy your job? And and praise God, most of us said yes. But even if we don't enjoy our job, we don't enjoy the work that God has for us, my guess is that every single one of us would say that there's at least some small part that we like about the place that we work. You may hate selling things to people, you may hate pushing things on people, but you love the satisfaction of helping people find and discover what they need and helping them get that. You might despise busy work, but you love the sense of accomplishment that comes from finishing something, even if it is something small and seemingly menial. Work was not created bad but the reality is today it suffers. There are some parts that are painful because of others. Our bosses have expectations on us that might be too high that cause a great deal of stress, cause a great deal of anxiety and emotional pain. If you have lost your job in the past or maybe you don't have one right now, being fired or being let go whether it's your fault or not, is a source of pain. Underemployment, if you're stuck in a job that you were severely overqualified for, but you just took it because it's the only thing that you could find out there, if you're stuck in an undesirable position, that is a source of emotional pain for us. God did not intend for work to be like this. Work is painful because of exterior circumstances as well. There are several regulations that are given to us by the government that might be necessary to prevent immoral practice, but let's be honest, they hinder your business's productivity. There's a lot of legalese regarding insurance and taxes, and some people may enjoy that, but I certainly do not. That is painful to work through. And then there's partnerships in businesses. You have a great partnership set up with another company that's mutually beneficial for both of you. And then, out of nowhere, you have a lawsuit. There is pain because of exterior circumstances. Work can be painful itself. If you look at physical work, it can be dangerous with immediate and long-term consequences. When I was in college, I worked I worked uh, in an outdoor plumbing crew during the summers, and I saw several people. Okay, not several, just one person. Let's not exaggerate here. I saw a person get hit in the back with uh, the bucket of an excavator just because he wasn't paying attention. He had to get taken to the ER. Work can be literally, physically painful. I worked with people who had been doing this for 40-plus years, climbing in and out of pits to work on pipes, and you could see the physical toll that it took on their body. Work can be painful itself you look at genesis chapter 3 and it gives us a tangible expression of what this pain is like in work it's a beautiful uh, passage a beautiful verse for mother's day today verse 16 to the woman he said i will surely multiply your pain and childbearing and pain you shall bring forth children your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you that passage tells us that work is painful You ever wondered why the term for childbirth and work itself are the same, labor? It's because they're painful. They're exhausting. They take a lot out of us. Work has been cursed, and now it is painful. But what else does this passage tell us? Well, it also tells us that work is now fruitless. Work is now fruitless. Again, I'm not saying that all work is fruitless. There's some work that we do that bears much fruit. But a great deal of what we do is now fruitless. Take a look at verse 18. It says this, Thorns and thistles, it being the ground, shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. Thorns and thistles are a result of the fall. Weeds are a result of the fall. And they're not just painful. But they're a massive waste of time. Our yard has a ton of weeds. A ton of weeds. And the amount of time that I could spend working on our yard that I would rather spend doing other things is just astronomical. Thorns and thistles distract us from better, more productive work. All of our work has thorns and thistles. In all of our work, there are things that we do that are frankly just unnecessary. There are some things that we do that are unnecessary and we don't find out until later that it's unnecessary. That's not a good feeling to have. But I think it's even worse to recognize that it's unnecessary and then be told to do it anyway, either by your boss or because of regulations. There are things that we do that are unproductive, that result in no fruit See, we are inefficient and we waste time because of unnecessary work, but also because we don't have a clear vision, a clear purpose in our work. There's this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 28 that talks about this. And this is a, a verse that is given to the people of Israel as a warning, as a warning of what will happen to them if they don't follow God and keep his commandments. But I think it's appropriate to share as a connection to the, the curse and the fall in Genesis chapter 3. It's this, Deuteronomy 28:20 says, the Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration, and all that you undertake to do until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me. A lot of the work that we do is cursed. It's fruitless. And because of that, we're frustrated. We're confused. We don't have a clear purpose in mind. Our work can be fruitless. But work is not just fruitless because of our environment. Our work can also be fruitless because of our choices. There are many people out there who are idle at work. This is one of the biggest temptations facing us today in America is to do the minimum to get by at our jobs. And we've all heard the phrase, working for the weekend. And Paul has very strong words to say about that concept. He says this in Second Thessalonians. Now we command you, brothers... For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but rather busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Paul makes it very clear that if you are able to work, I remember what we talked about last week. Work means contribute to contribute to society. It doesn't mean that you get a paycheck. If you are able to work and you choose not to, then you are actively rebelling against God. You're actively rebelling against the way he set things up. In the same way, if you are working and you are wasting time at work and you're really stealing time from your employer, you're rebelling against the way God has set things up as well when it comes to work. That's not saying that you can't have conversations with your coworkers. It's not saying that you shouldn't take breaks. Both of those are good, healthy things that actually make you more productive in your work. This is a call for us to reflect and examine our hearts. To know whether we are surfing the web when we really shouldn't be. Whether we are on our phone when we really shouldn't be. When we're doing something that we really wouldn't do if our boss was sitting right next to us. Beware of idleness. Beware of the fruitlessness of work. Because of the curse, work is now fruitless. It's, also because, it's because of the environment, but it's also because of our heart. What else does this passage tell us? Next, it tells us that work is hard. Work is hard. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, the very beginning there. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. Notice what's emphasized there, Sweat. Work is now hard. It takes a physical toll on us, but it also takes an emotional toll on us. This isn't part of God's original plan for work. It's not a part of the original creation for work to be so tough. Because of work, it takes long hours now for us to get ahead. Honestly, if half of our nation is guilty of idleness at work, the other half is probably guilty of looking at work as an idol. Of workaholism, of spending too much time at work, is using work as a way to worship our other idols, to to please those other things that we want more than God Himself. We use work to get more possessions, to get more stuff. We use work as a way to gather power. We use work as a way to gauge and measure our own success or identity as Holly shared. We use work as a way for us to belong. Do you struggle? with workaholism? Do you struggle with work as an idol? The easiest way to find out is ask those who are closest to you, your family members, your friends. Ask them if you struggle with work as an idol, whether you are addicted to work or not. Work is now hard because of the curse. And Genesis chapter 3 tells us one more thing. But what has happened to work because of the curse, and that is this, that work is now meaningless. Work is now meaningless. Take a look at the last part of verse 19. It says, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you were dust, and to dust you shall return. Have you ever struggled with this thought? Have you ever struggled with thinking that the work you are doing is pointless? It's meaningless. There's no purpose to what you're doing. The author of Genesis tells us to expect that. To expect that some of our work will feel like it is meaningless. Some of our work will feel like it is purposeless. There's going to be times where it feels like all we do is work, and then one day we return to the ground because we were taken from dust, and to dust we will one day return. What is the point of work? Is there a point? Over the last couple hundred years, in the modern era, we've seen a number of new jobs come up that are less engaged as the ones that came before that. It's a lot easier for us to see that our work is meaningless. A lot easier to fall prey to that thought. So what do we do with that? One of my favorite books of the Bible is Ecclesiastes. And it sums up this feeling of meaninglessness. This feeling of futility that we often feel. I just want to read to you a few verses here. It says this, I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool. Yet he will be master of all for which I toiled and use my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun, because sometimes a person who did not, uh, has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What has a man from all the toil and striving of his heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is a vexation." Even in the night, his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. Maybe you are in a position where you just resonate with Ecclesiastes on this. Maybe you are nearing retirement and you're looking back at your life and saying, what was it all for? Is there any point to what I did? Our work can seem like it is meaningless. It can seem like it has no purpose, like we're not contributing, like it's not worth all that much. But I want to encourage you that that's not a part of God's original plan. God has a purpose for all of the work that we do, whether we're paid for it or whether we aren't. Our work has meaning, it has a purpose but it often doesn't feel that way. So what do we do? What next? What now? Where do we go from here? We can clearly see that God intended work to be one thing, and it's far different from that today. Because of the curse, work is now painful. Work is now fruitless. It's hard, and it can seem meaningless. So what do we do with that? Well, in large part, we're going to be addressing that in two weeks. So this is the to be continued part for you. But it'd also be unfaithful for us to not share something, to talk about how this can affect the way we work this week. So just two thoughts on how this passage, on this truth about the way that work has been affected can help us in our approach to work. First, it helps us to be realistic and to be prepared for our work. This helps us to be prepared for our work. When we recognize the difficulty that's facing us in our jobs and in our work and the ways that we contribute to society, we won't be naive. There are many recent college graduates that actually just hold out, searching for their dream job. but They don't realize that not many dream jobs exist, and even those that do exist aren't all that glamorous. Work has been affected by the fall, but this realistic view doesn't just look at that. It also looks at Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, God's original purpose for work. We have to recognize what work once was as well as what it now is. It's crucial for us to have a healthy mindset in our work. Remembering God's original plan for our work gives meaning to what we do. It gives purpose to what we're doing that what we're doing actually does matter but also the curse what's happened to work helps us remember that it's going to be difficult it's going to be tough it's going to be hard at times because of the curse so this passage helps us to be prepared for work and it also reminds us that God is far more concerned with who than what God is far more concerned with who, then what? If you're in a job that you don't really care for, if you're doing something that's not a good fit for you, maybe you even despise it, it's not wrong to look for another position. But at the same time, it's important to remember that there is work that God wants done in your current role. God is just as or even more concerned about working in you than he is about working through you. Difficult jobs with difficult coworkers and difficult environments doing work that is not our forte can actually make us more like Jesus, can help us die to self, forming us into God's character. And so I encourage you not to waste your job. Whether you like it, whether you despise it, don't waste your job because God is working in you through that position. Work has been cursed. But remember, it is not the curse. Remember that as you face difficulties. Remember that because God wants to use you. God wants to make you more like him through those difficulties. Let's pray. God, we are thankful for the reminder of of what you have done. We are thankful for the purpose of our work, what it means, how you use it, how it does matter to you. But God, at the same time, we just confess that a lot of times it doesn't feel that way. A lot of times it doesn't feel like our work matters. So God, I pray that you would be gracious to us Help us to see our work as a time and an opportunity to worship you. God, I pray that this week would be a week of worshiping you, not just with our voices, but with our actions, because our work matters to you. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a presentation of Crosswinds Church. More of Pastor Jordan's sermons can be found online at crosswinds.tv. Thanks for being with us, and may God continue to enrich your life.